What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. Tink, this is coffee. Because it's early. It's freaking early. Hey, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, we are on another episode, so let's uh, let's get right into it. We are brought to you by uh, Planet Eclipse. They have the new CS 1.5 come out, and it's it's lighter, better looking. It has the uh, the carbon fiber FL barrel, so it is it is pretty sweet. Um, they also have all kinds of gear over at PlanetEclipse.com. Uh, like if you want some pants, if you want some soft goods as far as like knee pads or jerseys or all kinds of stuff, Planet can uh, help you out. And they have the number one customer service of anybody out there. Make sure you check them out at PlanetEclipse.com. Uh, we are also brought to you by DrPaintball.com, where you can find any marker you need uh, as far as online shopping goes. You can find all kinds of markers, and they will help you finance and get the marker of your dreams. That is so cool, uh, having somebody help you out like that. So if you go to DrPaintball.com, you can see all of that nifty stuff. And if you're in San Diego, California, they have a paintball field out there, which is pretty cool, an indoor paintball field. So uh, thank you to Dr. Paintball. We are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball, the manufacturers of the base layer, the protective base layer. It's like a compression fit, also has uh, elbow pads and knee pads. And uh, they are also coming out with, uh, with, some, with some newer style pants and a top. But you can check all of that out at carbonpaintball.com. And if you type in capital T-P-O-P at checkout, you can get 10% off. So thank you, Carbon Paintball. We are also brought to you by Vantrition, the makers of uh, some awesome paintball supplements, the Paintball Preload, the Paintball Reload, and all kinds of uh, good flavored, good flavored, <laughs> awesome flavored proteins. Uh, they have like peanut butter cup. They have like raspberry raz, and it's it's all delicious. It all helps out a ton uh, before and after practice, before and after an event. Uh, it's it's very very good stuff. Make sure you check them out at vantrition.com. And if you type in capital TPO TPOP at checkout, you can get fifteen uh, percent off. So thank you to Vantrition. And we are also brought to you by Midwest Clothing. The makers of some sweet headgear uh, over at MidwestClothingLLC.com. They also have um, charity funds. They do really good things for uh, for the sport, and um, they are they are pumping out all kinds of custom gear as well. So make sure you check them out at MidwestClothingLLC.com. So thank you to all of our sponsors, and thank you to you guys for joining me. We have a, uh, a very special guest today, and uh, and Kyle Spica. He is a former member of, let's see, we were just talking about it. It was, um, he, he's originally from the East Coast. I never knew this. And now he is a member of Dynasty and a, a solidified member. He has been uh, tearing it up with those boys for a while now. And, um, you know, he, he fits right in. And, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit for, uh, for him. He has the skill to do it. And it was cool listening to his story because... You know, you don't realize there's there's so many camps throughout paintball and, and throughout uh, careers that you 
you, you don't realize the small little intricacies that go into all these other little teams and how many of these players came from all these different spots because they had to have come from somewhere. But you, you don't realize it until you kind of get to know somebody or you have a conversation with them and you realize where they came from. And it was really cool to hear his, uh, hear his story. So enough of my babbling. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is, uh, this is Kyle Spicka. take uh, probiotics ever? No, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it's a cure, I think. I like started taking them uh, last year, and I used to get sick like twice a year, mm. and I have to take antibiotics like all the time, and I started taking that, and I, I haven't been, I mean, I think I've got sick once in the last year and a half now. Really? Like, super, super good, I swear by them. Any brand in particular? Uh, no, but I mean, there's foods too, there's like the that drink, the kefir drink, and mm-hmm. then there's like, um, there's like Greek yogurt, and I can't eat it, but I like sauerkraut, that type of stuff. You don't like sauerkraut? No, and then like, what is it? I forget. There's like a bunch of like probiotic rich foods. I just drink like, there's like liquids, or there's little shots, or like, there's so many different brands. I think just getting a little bit in you, like whatever it is, is makes a huge difference. Now, is that like the gut health thing or is that a different? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gut health. It's basically putting like good bacteria into your into your stomach. Um, and then on the other hand of that, like the antibiotics, like I think people just don't even realize how bad they are. I mean, you have, I think you have to take them at some points when you're like dire need, like super sick, like strep throat and uh, bad infections. But other than that, like those things just rid your body of like anything good. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. And then you, you think about all the all the shit food that people are eating. Like your yeah. body is is trying to fight all of these diseases and viruses and all this shit yeah. from from the greens and the proteins and all the stuff you're supposed to be eating. But yeah. you start throwing in French fries and shakes and all this other shit, and your body's like, yeah. "All right, well, I'm gonna try and do what I can do with that." But then it just starts building up. Yeah, Crap. and then you're getting getting drunk on the side and fucking smoking weed exactly. or whatever it is. So it's like, yeah, your body's like, wait, I'm redlining. Yeah, and I think the world now, especially like young athletes, um, and even in you know as we get into the conversation, but um, uh, young paintball players and the professional game itself right now, I feel has become so much more of an athletic based game than it ever yeah. has in the past. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely getting that, getting that way. Um, I just think there's like a big lapse in like, in knowledge about that stuff. And like, I mean, even like the podcast you did with Oliver, he said something about like, uh, we know more about like financing and accounting and like politics than we do about our own bodies, like about how you should breathe. And Mm. I thought that was like a really good point he made because it's true. Like we don't really none of that stuff is taught to us at all really yeah uh, when you're younger i mean on a on a very small scale but at that point you're you don't really care too much because they don't embed it in you but i think that's a huge thing that like nutrition and um you know how to deal with your emotions or like it's okay to be you're going to be angry sometimes or you're going to be sad sometimes and that's not the end of the world you're not a depressed child like that's just normal that's being I a think person a that, yeah i think a lot of that stuff is uh kind of not never really taught to us but 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And actually, uh, bringing up older podcasts, I just listened to one. I don't think it's that old, but it's an old, it's a Joe Rogan podcast. And he did one with, God, I cannot remember his name, but he just came out with a book called Tribe. And it was talking about how, uh, since we've, we've gotten to this age of where we're on our phones all the time and we're doing all these other things, making us feel like we're a part of a community, yeah, but but we're not, and that sense of yeah. community and that sense of of meaning in that community has gone so far to the wayside. I think that's why uh, he was saying that that is why a lot of guys come back from war, and they really they want to go back or they don't blink yeah. about going back because they have that camaraderie there or um, that struggle. E- exactly, that struggle with yeah. within a group, and then that. Uh, feeling of being important or uh, the group being dependent on certain people in that group and being a having that family feel and yeah. uh, I feel like that's what bringing it back to paintball I feel like that's what a lot of the top tier teams yourself dynasty um, impact x-factor I think that's the number one thing that is helping you guys succeed and uh, in this sport is that feeling of everybody on the team has a role, does it well, and is needed. You know? Of course. Yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that's what you hit it like right on the head. Wait, feeling that, uh, feeling that you're needed is, is one of the biggest part of, of it because now we're just like, everyone's kind of given everything, especially in these like, you know, these kids are growing up super well off or, or what it is. They, they have everything given to them. So that, that's where the depression, I think, kicks in and, they're they're unhappy because there's no there's not really any struggle for anything so you're not actually you know uh, feeding your actual human instincts and uh, like feeling the appreciation of what you're doing is actually doing a lot of good for a, mm-hmm. a group a big group of people or even a small group of people um, but yeah because there, there's there's no monetary value really in paintball I mean a little bit but yeah n- not enough that why the why we're here and why we're still playing this game but it's definitely bigger than that it's like uh you know you're doing it more for the pride and the in the uh like intrinsic value of it and like yeah you you feel like you're actually going through a struggle and you're doing a lot of work and it, it pays off emotionally and, and and mentally versus like you, you get you don't you're not trying to get like monetary things you know oh 100 i think when we were first uh how old are you i'm 26 now 26 about to be 27 at the end of july so well getting up there <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know i'm i'm only 30 am i 31 or am i 32 31 right i think, I think 31. you were born in 1986 right yeah i was like scott and short you guys are so yeah so man i lost i lost my balance there for a second on my age but um no, you know, thinking about it too, it's like whenever, when I first started playing, it was never, if anything, I was throwing more money at the sport than I yeah. was ever, I never even thought about making money at the sport. All yeah. I wanted to do was turn pro, yeah. whatever that meant, you know what I mean? But to me, it meant playing the very best in the world. Yeah. And and that's all I wanted to do. And I think, um, and I, I think we've said this before, is if, if you go into this just strictly because there is money to be made if you're yeah. if you're good enough if the mm-hmm. circumstances are right if um you, you know all those scenarios come together yeah there's money to be made but it's slim to none it's still, still a struggle too like, it's still I mean, a struggle like ryan ryan's doing that but like he's working hard to mm-hmm. do that. like it's not it's not easy to try to last, like, two years to do it like you gotta be hustling yeah so. 
Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. You keep going. Like, oh no, you're fine. Pretty much what I'm saying is just that uh, when we first started, and I'm not telling anybody out there on how they should think or anything like that, but but make it about yourself and about progressing yourself as a person mm-hmm. and as a player, first yeah. and foremost. You know, and if you can do that, and you love what you do, um, you know, the world is your is your oyster, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be handed to you. Mm-hmm. So, but don't go into it for the wrong reasons. Anything for the wrong reasons. I mean, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I was I was reading like an old I think an old interview of yours when you were like I think it was nineteen. You were just getting on excessive by yours. <laughs> it were like, are you getting paid now? And you're like, no, a free ride. But like for a young kid, like that is like getting paid. You know, especially from, I mean, we everyone that's I think got to the pro division for the most part. Uh, knows that little bit of struggle when you're first starting to play like how much it costs and how your parents are like what this isn't football or baseball like i'm not giving you money for this Mm -hmm. and have to tuck tuck on their shirt and beg them and beg them like i think i would say probably i mean maybe not but 80 percent of like the pros and kids in paintball now and and competition paintball have gone through that because it's hard like the unless you have really supportive and appreciative parents like you have to beg them a little bit, you know. <laughs> oh, but, of course. Yeah. Of course. You can't do Not everything like on your own. Societal like view of what sport you should go play. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think paintball is one of the hardest things to go pro at. Um, I don't. I don't, really, don't even know if I'd say that. Let's say um, monetarily, as well as the hard work and everything else that goes into, it, and luck. And all that, yeah. Uh, yeah. just because, like, let's say you look at um, skateboarding, you need a skateboard, right? Yeah. Let's look at snowboarding. Yeah, that gear costs, you know, a lot, but and maybe a lift it's ticket every like once one, in a while. It's like a yeah, it's like a one-time kind of fee. Exactly, and and, and uh, golfing or anything like that. Initially, the gear costs, but you know, costs some money, but. Every time we go play paintball, at least when we first started, we had to fork out the money for all the paint yeah. and the gas to go to to go to all these fields because you got to play somewhere. It's not like you can yeah. just skate anywhere or do. So there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of certain uh, variables that have to happen for yeah. somebody to get picked up or looked at to to go pro. Or you be fortunate enough to be in some kind of paintball mecca like a Texas or a California or but even then I would say it's even harder at that point because there's so many people trying to do the same thing. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. And it and it's crazy and like I always say too like I think we are fortunate at our time where, you know, it has its advantages and disadvantages. Paintball isn't that big, and I think it's allowed it to be a little bit easier to like sip sip out some of some of the other paintball players. But I mean, like it. I mean, imagine look at like baseball too, or something like that. Like to get. I mean, you know, you played baseball. Like to get to get climb the ranks is like oh yeah hard because there's it's so it's so big now. So it's like I think that was one like advantage we have. I mean, who knows. I just think if paintball was was a lot bigger, you'd see obviously a lot more people in the sport and maybe some naturals would emerge and mm. who knows. But like going back to um, where you're saying, it, it's funny like the sacrifices you, you need to make um, f- for school sports or stuff like that is starts to be because I feel like most people are starting to get into it in high school and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm like the same as you had a 
put the after school sports on, on the back burner kind of <laughs> and get started and get a job. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's, um, uh, let's talk about kind of where you're from, where you came from and, uh, you know, how paintball kind of came into, uh, came into your life and, and where did all that happen? And, uh, how did, how'd you get your start? So I got my start back in, I want to say it was seventh, eighth grade of middle school, which would be like, Oh three, oh four, uh, just kind of like rec ball. I had some friends in my neighborhood that like to play, and then I got like I was terrified of getting shot, which mm-hmm. is as soon as is everyone you know. And um, they were like, "Come on, we'll just shoot you one time." And I and I felt <laughs> the, the pain and it hurt. Yeah, but something I think clicks when you get that first like when you first get hit and. Uh, I got bunkered also, like, right the first time I ever played. Yeah. And it didn't hurt that bad. But So I was, like, connecting all the dots to that. And I was like, that hurt, but it would be really fun. Like, it sounds, like, kind of twisted, but, like, to inflict that pain on if someone If you were else. on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it hurts, but you know, like, it's a good feeling when you get to shoot someone else because you know that you're putting that pain on them. Yeah. So I started, I got instantly got addicted, and um, I was just going to a local field, playing with a bunch of kids in middle school. Um, and I didn't really have a good gun. I had like a spider. And I remember the first chance I got, this guy was selling a gun. I saw actually, it was like one of your first guns, uh, Impulse. Yeah, uh, yeah. This guy, this guy was selling it for like 600 bucks with an egg loader Jeez. and like a little 45 tank, which would have been perfect for me. Because I was like four, I was like four, three to four, seven, all till the end of high school. I didn't mm-hmm. hit my gross throat till like, right as a senior year really so i had to have like the big drop board everything uh the, the sweet like, setup yeah guns are way bigger than i was it's like uh, the, the guns were back then the guns were taller than they were yeah, longer super tall like <laughs> it was like my whole torso at the top of my head uh so i started playing with that and i was i was like constantly even through like end of my career even up to like when i was on iron before before i got on dynasty i was always asking teams to like give me a chance even I was like nowhere near their caliber mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I constantly tell kids this all the time like you have to find like a mentor and you have to be pushing them to like give you opportunities because you throw yourself into these tough tough situations and that's what's going to help you grow and and struggle and be a better player so I was asking these guys all the time can you give me a chance give me opportunity um, finally they would put me on their teams and I started getting better I was forced to get better you know I still was terrible at paintball but so did you go from rec to to tournament play fairly quickly like you wanted to make that jump yeah i want to say in like five four or five months um i started playing just like some local tournaments with my friends and then there was i don't know if you remember there was a i think they still have them actually but cfoa it was way bigger back in the day like gridlock and trauma camp days yeah yeah Uh, those were my first actually big tournaments and they were they were big back in the day there was like five divisions like 60 to 80 teams playing those all five men um and i got an opportunity with some local teams um at this field called black river in north carolina are you from the east coast uh, yeah sorry i don't, I don't know why i let that out but I'm not I, yeah i was uh i was born in washington dc and i moved quickly to wilmington north carolina it's this little beach town um not much paintball out there but the gridlock camps were all out there in greensboro charlotte like they had like a trifecta of Big paintball, and that was kind of where I I wanted to go as I was starting out, mm-hmm. and that's what everyone in the, those areas was talking about. Like 
gridlock and trauma, they were the team to be on. Um, so I started climbing my ranks a little bit through these these like five man teams, mm-hmm. um, and finally I got I went and tried out for uh, the D3 gridlock team, and I made it. And then I remember the first World Cup I went to before I even had gotten on on gridlock. I the stands you remember at uh, Fantasy of Play was or not Fantasy of Play uh, Wild World of Sports yeah. and Disney were like huge like awesome. 05 and there was NXL and PSP and I got to see Trauma it was like my you know childhood dream team mm-hmm. beat the Russians in 05 and then I on the other side I got to see like that long big rivalry uh, Dynasty beat Excessive it was, yeah, I remember uh, that one yeah and I was like <laughs> this is this is awesome I want to be like this is what I want to do this is mm-hmm. where I want to be so I love those moments that, though yeah, I remember those like being being on Tipman Effect in those moments like it's so much bigger than what you are when you're there. Yeah, you know, because yeah, exactly. now we don't really think it, we don't really think about it. It's another tournament. I mean, we don't yeah. take it as another tournament. We, obviously, we're like working hard to win that tournament and it means something. But we've done this so many times. But man, I remember those first times going to those fields and being so excited, like yeah. big shit eating grin on my face. And like, yeah, uh, I love those feelings. They're, they're, they're amazing. They're definitely pretty memorable. Um then so I started climbing my ranks through Gridlock a little bit, and we had a huge camp. There was probably maybe 100, 100 players within that camp. I remember and, uh, that, that whole squad team. being huge. Yeah, pro team, D1 team, D2 team, and then two D3 teams. And as I was going up through D3 and D2, I remember I got like three or four second places, and I was like, dang it, I really want to get a first place. Mm. Then all of a sudden, everything just disappeared. Like Rob, the owner just ended everything ended trauma ended all the grid locks and uh was there a reason i was there i think it was like it was just becoming uh, like unsustainable or unaffordable i I don't know what uh really all the background was i was pretty low on the totem pole so i'm sure like i i was never told like the full (laughs) story about everything but um yeah it, it basically just dissipated and uh i i had nowhere to go Luckily, I was just finishing high school, so I had a little bit of options. And um, to backtrack a little bit, I, I would just live with my mom. We we never really had any, had that much money. We lived in like apartments most of as I was growing up. And I was I was started working when I was fifteen or sixteen. I got a worker's permit and working restaurant jobs or at like this local surf shop uh, to afford paintball. Yeah. So I'd already kind of like had. A, a good work ethic and knew what it what it takes to like get kind of what you wanted and I could make some sacrifices because I didn't really have a lot to hold on to so I was at that one part where I'm like okay well now everything's ended um, I can go pursue like this societal like ideology of go to college do this get, get a good job blah 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 mm-hmm. or I can go move to Florida which I'd been given an opportunity to play with the Palmy Driper camp and continue down this career to become a professional paintball player. And I remember talking to my mom and grandma. They're, they're basically the ones that, you know, raised me my whole life. I, I never, my mom and dad separated when I was super young. Thank you, moms and, did, and grandmas. Yeah, oh. so it's like, yeah. yeah. And they, they still come to the events of the day. They, uh, like, talk to the team all the time. And uh, my grandma, who is a teacher... Uh, was a professor she still was like I think you should go pursue paintball like 
That's you can cool. go. You can come back to school. Like you, you can go back to school at any time. You know, it's, it's still going to be there, and you'll know what you want. I think later on, more. Yeah. She's like, I constantly have these kids that come into school right out of high school, and then they don't want to be there. They're mm-hmm. forced to be there. Um, so I put that on the back burner, and I ended up moving to Florida. Right, right. I remember it was like a week after I graduated high school. <laughs> Moved to Florida, um, and Ken Bryson, the coach of the Vipers, was cool enough to let me live in this house that had like four or five of the team members um big huge like paintball house and yeah, uh, I, got, I got that experience too so that was pretty cool and i played with them and we got another like i was getting more like more second places and i was like i, I really i'm itching at this first yeah. place like am i cursed and then like uh we got i remember it was world cup 2008 we had thomas taylor and yeah, Thomas Taylor was playing with us, and it was—I think there was something going on with the pro league. I forget what what was going on that year, but Rainey and Mouse were playing on Vicious, and we were we were playing for World Cup. I, 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 I think there was like if, an open there was like an open division. I think. Yeah, but I, I forget if there was like some weird stuff going on with the pro league, or if it was just aftermath wasn't wasn't playing. But I, I forget why they weren't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up playing with us, and we had a really crazy match um, that I think we should have won. <laughs> but uh, they ended up prevailing, and uh, like some of our team members overshot Rainy. I remember that was a super crazy <laughs> point. Uh, and that's kind of where my relationship with with those guys had started. I, and I would constantly like go to these tournaments and like tug on B shorts, sure, or like talk to uh, talk to Skemp and, and talk to Mouse and Marcelo, and and slowly like making these guys my friends and, and picking their brain all the time for, for information. So at first were they like, who is this kid? Yeah, like, they were like, this who, this kid? like, get away from me. And I remember, this is a really funny story too, uh, Damien and Tally, uh, when like those two guys are best buds and RIP Tally, you know, like yeah. they, I remember I would, I was so small and I would, every time I would see them, I would run away because Damien, you know, he was a menace back in the day. He <laughs> mm-hmm. would like pick me up, like give me wedgies, like, Hold me in the air, like constantly just messing with me all the time. So every time I'd see Damien and Tally, I'd, I'd run the other way. Um, so that's where I started, like knowing those guys and knowing some of the HK guys. And I was just like this little runt kid. Uh, well, after that World Cup, things in like the the that camp uh, started getting like people started leaving and, and stuff just wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to Marcel all the time on on Facebook and. Maybe, actually, maybe it was MySpace days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he's like, dude, why don't you come try out for our, our semi-pro team? Like, I think you'd be uh, a good fit, and uh, you'd have to move out here, honestly, but like, I'll help you. So I was like, all right. And I, uh, made, again, made a big sacrifice and a big, take a big risk, and I packed up my stuff, drove home to North Carolina for like a week, and my uncle got in my car with me helped me drive out to California. I think I had, I was just telling the guys at lunch yesterday, I had like $400 to my name. <laughs> drove out to California and him and was like, you can you can uh, live with me for like a month. So I, I stayed with Mike, played on the team. Um, everyone obviously knows Mike's coaching style. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily, necessarily if, it, if it fit perfectly with me because I, I at one point I was like I'm gonna quit paintball 
But on the other token of that, I learned so much in just like the two or three months I was playing with that aftermath camp that like I constantly am telling I'm telling the aftermath team now because we practice them like every weekend. Mm-hmm. You can learn so much from from Mike. Like he he really knows so much about the game, especially like fundamentals and basics. Like yeah, it drives them into you. So if you take that, you know you'll you end up benefiting all he's produced a lot of good pro players so oh, for sure uh, that didn't work out for me though so i ended up quitting the team and i was like i'm i love california already like i think i'm gonna quit paintball like i just i'm gonna live i'm gonna make something happen here i was moved out of him in house and i was i had a job at this point was it because was of like, after that whole aftermath situation of why you were thinking about yeah. not playing paintball yeah yeah exactly i just like the the coaching style and how I played did not fit at all. Right. Uh, but now me and him and are, are, are like best friends, and I think it, it'd probably be different if we played now. But yeah, you know he uh, he just kind of broke me down to be honest, and it wasn't fitting. And I was like, well, I love it out here in California, and I I, I don't want to go back to either like really my hometown or um, back down to Florida. So I was like, I'm I'm gonna stay here either way. And it was, I was friends with Scott and Short and Bobby and all those guys. And it's when like most of the HK guys live down here in Pacific Beach where we live now. And I remember going to Glenn Takamoto's. He, ha- he would always have a Super Bowl party. And I, I went there and this was, I want to say 2010. And Brandon was like, dude, why don't you come uh, try out for the Ironman? And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, come, just come out. Like, I think you, I think you'll make the team. And if not, like, don't quit paintball, you know. So, mm-hmm. from the, uh, I did came out and I made the team kind of, but they they were I didn't get any play time for like the first three events. So this was yeah. like 2011. Which is tough. Yeah, which sucked. And Oliver was still on the team too. Um, so you know, I was I was just kind of putting and learning and and dealing with that, and I um, slowly started to get a little bit better slowly 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 and then Oliver was leaving and then we were starting to lose like Billy retired Miko retired and then all of a sudden I'm looking around I'm like I'm a veteran on this team now somehow like (laughs) there's like me short skimp rainy and like uh I think that was it Paxton and that was it yeah it's like now this huge role got put on me and actually becoming the manager of the team so I was booking all the flights and the hotels and doing that, so it was a big, big dump of responsibility. But I, I but I liked it, and it, it, it was cool. Mm-hmm. And it, and I was forcing you into that situation. Definitely made me adapt really quickly. Yeah. And then I started to uh, started to get a lot better, and uh, we uh, were we're like itching. I was just looking at like uh, our scores. We were getting like constantly third, fourth, third, fourth something like that but never making the finals so we're just missing that like last little bit mm-hmm. uh and then I, what was it i think it was it was 2013 finally when short was gonna go to dynasty and they wanted to bring me too but i was actually i had a job with iron man i was a team manager like you know i had a credit card my You're name kind of solidified it. i was like this is cool. Like uh, I was getting getting paid to go book flights and be the manager, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I kind of didn't want to leave to be honest at first. 
And Shore was like, come on, it'll be a good change. And I took that leap again and went with Shore. And then that year, 2013, when we, me, Tyler, and Brandon went to the team, was like the, the best year in paintball I've, I've ever had to the date. Because we won, well, we won the series, and then we won those those first two events back-to-back, and then got second on the third event. But I also want, I was playing with Art Chaos in Europe, and we were winning like these sub leagues of CPS. We won like three of those, and then we won European World Cup, and I was going to Australia, and I won two events out there, and then we went to Colombia, and I won an event out there. So I think I won like seven or eight events that year. Oh, jeez. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, best year of my life, like, on four continents, win an event. Yeah. Like, uh, that's crazy because not very many people even win one, if not two. Yeah events yeah. in their lifetime and it was crazy because going back to what i was saying earlier is that was the first time i had won a national event was when i got on dynasty better yet even a pro event right so like i thought i was cursed basically getting got like seven national second places mm-hmm. and i get to dynasty like these guys who i mean i've said this so many times like i've had posters on my wall like i've ripped magazines out and put like be shorter you know Ryan, Alex, all like on my wall, yeah. and now I get to play with these guys, and then they help me win, and teach me so much, and get me to that next, you know, step, was was huge. Was like dream come true. Yeah. So that was an amazing year as it was, and then from there, kind of the, it took off from there, and now it's just kind of like a, a learning process finding like those different parts of your game. There's different like uh, little errors of characteristic changes that you have, you know. Yeah, no, most I, of the paint players know out there. And I think that's what it is. I mean, you, the first, the main goal is finding a team that fits, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not not just one that you you like, but it's one that we're all around, all together feels and acts like a family on and off the field. And you can just, yeah. I mean, you can tell that with teams. And I think now. Um, with your position that you're in, it is, it's fine tuning your tools that you have yeah. and focusing yeah. on yourself to be a better teammate on, the, you know, on and off the field. And I was, I was listening, uh, I was listening to an old interview that you had with Maddie. I forget when it was. It was like, I think like 08 Tampa MPB or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was saying to you, he's like, I was hoping that you're not going to like start developing into one of those those uh front guys that thinks that their body is too valuable to risk and (laughs) i i just recently heard one of our older guys slava i don't know if you know him he plays he's been playing for a while he's on my european team but he was saying that too he's like the pro players it's interesting as you develop through your pro career as a front player you you're you're bold because you don't have too much knowledge of how the game is and how like like statistically where you're, if you're going to make it to the spot or not or how valuable it is so you're you're like attacking 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 and you you do produce a lot of kills so when you when you do that you know obviously but you also do die in very you know important moments but yeah. that's like the price you pay for for taking that risk and i thought that was interesting because i always think that too and i think that as a player i was in this area the last like year or so not necessarily because of maybe how we were playing as a team but thought that my body is a little more valuable as well so maybe I wasn't taking as many risks like back when say I first got on Dynasty those first two years where we were 
you know, making those incredible, like insane, like last minute points or stuff like that. Right. Comebacks as well. Um, not to take anything away from like that time versus then, because I don't, I think we're better now, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just interesting to see how you go through that mentally. Like I was just reading something the other day that like, uh, when you're bold, you don't hesitate, but like the more knowledge you have becomes more hesitation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. And you know, I, someone that I, uh, think has done, you know, where credit is, is due is like mouse. Like he, he's been able to like find, find that, that little niche where, you know, he can, he can constantly press the envelope carefully. Yeah. And you know, I think he's doing, he's, he's doing it well too out there. But yeah. it's, it's definitely interesting how that works, that little bit of theory. That's what it is. It's that it's that happy medium of where, you know, you think about the situation enough to know what to do, but quick enough to know when to do it. Yeah. It's and and that's I think that's a, a big I think that's the big jump from divisional play to professional play. Mm-hmm. Is that timing. Because whether it be a move or um, you know, f- at least for uh, a back guy or a or mid guy or a, a two or a three as it is now. Um, yeah, it's it's turning that barrel at a certain time. And I was just talking about this uh, yesterday with uh, with with a buddy of mine. Was what are what are things that you look at when you're playing on the field to uh, t- you know as you're pretty much playing the game out in your head as well as playing it out uh, on yeah. on the field. You look for um, even though the guns are ramping, the the markers are ramping, you still have a a shot rhythm. When it, whenever you're getting shot at, you can tell the the rhythm or the beat that the player is shooting at you. Like maybe this is just me and my weird brain that I, that I no, think about I, while I'm doing this. Same thing. Yeah, because you got a back guy. I mean, you got at least from the position that we play, and you got a couple guys shooting at you. And yeah. You can, if you can find that 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 rhythm that that player is shooting at you with you can do a quick head check or a quick couple balls at them and take off and it's it's all about noticing those little things on the paintball field yeah and i I think that's that's another big thing there's there's so many small things that make a big difference when you're going from divisional to pro and that's what a lot what i'm telling um to these new guys on on the aftershock team is you know some games might feel a little bit easier than others as far as you know you know maybe some game we play against heat or we play against it where they're having a tough game but we're excelling really well or we get shit on by uh, an uprising or something like that but that shows it's like there are so many variables and so many little things that you need to keep tight on each and every point to to produce for the team sure um it's it's hard to explain because paintball is such a a niche sport with so many different little things that come into it, especially with playing at the pro level. Yeah, of course. Um, your face is frozen here. Mm. Can you hear me still? It. Yeah, I can hear you. So is it okay? It's still fine. Yeah, I guess I'm fine, but yeah, it's pretty, it's alright. No worries. We'll keep it's going. It's not going to mess up your, your feet. Is it really good? <laughs> well, if it does, I'm just going to show your face the entire time on YouTube <laughs> okay. when I post it up there. Okay. Um, Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the bathroom really quick. Too yeah. much coffee in the gym. <laughs> no, I hear you. I'll talk about something. One second. So pretty much what I was wanting to go back to, or the point I was trying to make, was that 
um, the the differences between the professional and the divisional leagues or or that those two different spots there's a lot that goes into them there's a lot that goes into a certain move or shooting a certain way or being patient and you cannot hesitate at the professional level because you will get shot and the accuracy is so much better <clears throat> excuse me I probably will be peeing soon too because of how much liquid I'm taking in. I wonder why my pictures all froze. Right. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll look to, to, I don't know what we we're dropping off, just talking about kind of like the mythology mythology and paintball like um there's definitely some different like timing aspects and and different little things i think you change as a player or change against playing these players that we play so often and so much and and the same people Mm -hmm. um as far as like knowing like maybe you have like the difference between uh when you have you're playing against like Colt Roberts versus Misha, like you know one's gonna be a little more aggressive than the other, and like you might change your your playing style or your timing or, or like this, you know, when you're shooting versus when you tear off a little bit, and it's interesting about that because you I think you you know you have this little bit of of data and memory that you keep for for every single player in, mm-hmm. the, in the league, and it it's interesting how you. You, te- you try to like obviously not get repetitive and, and do the same things if it's like you know what even simple things like keep, keeping someone in if you're you know just sh- shooting a ton versus trying to do it in uh like offset rhythm to get them to come out or mm-hmm. or whatnot but I, I like that stuff i think it's interesting and it's really cool and it's what keeps you kind of coming back to it because it there's so many changing variables that nothing's ever going to be the same. Oh, yeah. So how about this? Um, since you've been playing the uh, the Millennium, which is yeah. M500, Yeah. Uh, do you think that the NXL will adapt that to the, uh, to the, the play next year? You know, honestly, I, I hope. I, I, I really do. I mean, the, a lot of paint does... Uh, the unlimited paint kind of I think benefits us as a team right now because we mm-hmm. we can shoot we can shoot a ton as our guns shoot like ten to fourteen paws or something crazy but um, it it'll help us I think and you know I I don't think they're gonna do two pods I think if the NXL was to adapt it it would be probably like three or four pods each three for sure yeah I would I would <laughs> love that I think it would, three would I be perfect would, and yeah. no no transferring of pods exactly yeah hundred percent but I. Uh, Malice and I were talking about that the other day. Me, Dalton, Malice, like it would be that. I think that would be, you know, perfect. And to you know that obviously it does hurt the paint companies a little bit because they're not making as much money. But I think the way that you solve that and is to still have maybe the divisional teams have unlimited paint, mm-hmm. and then also it helps for these pro teams that only have divisional teams to to scrimmage against. It helps give those them a little bit of an advantage and put you at like uh, 
a little bit of a handicap. Right. So I think I think that it would overall help, and it and it just gets rid of that two minute lull at the beginning of points when it's five on five and everyone is just shooting and no one wants to make any moves. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, you'll see a lot more skill come into things, and I think it would help. Do you think there's yeah. more hiding, or is there more aggression? I think there's more aggression because you you know this as a front guy like when you're down to a pot or when you're down to just a hopper and there's you know certain situations you feel like okay maybe i i'm not in a position to really hold anything anymore mm-hmm. they're gonna get they're gonna get through that guy's gonna make it down the dorito so like i need to i need to go try to produce some kills yeah i think that's you know you, you see that a lot over there too i mean there are some situations where it becomes a slow game but but not as much yeah yeah i see and i've gotten so much flack for only carrying four pods like yeah. whenever i play and i don't know if i just haven't accepted the fact that the, the, today's game is you know carrying as much pain as you can not necessarily yeah. shooting as much as you can but you can carry an unlimited unlimited amount and yeah. controlling people or at least what people say is controlling people with you know volume rather than accuracy when i feel like i and i enjoy it being the complete opposite i'd rather control somebody with a couple you know three four balls of accuracy and be Mm -hmm. able to move on you know move down the field on them rather than having to hold them in all the time maybe that's what makes me a terrible back player but (laughs) (laughs) but uh but I would love to see the M M five hundred or M seven fifty or whatever the hell you want to call it. I wish yeah. three, I think three pods would be better. Don't change anything or don't let anybody have any other pods. Three yeah, pods. I can I completely agree. Like I just because that's how we we've been playing a lot. I mean, in Vegas, I was carrying nine pods as the front player. That's, ridi- front that's ridiculous. I know. That's crazy. I'm like, dude, my back is already like I don't want to carry this much pain anymore. Please yeah. cap the pain for me. Like yeah, because I I. I mean, we we're more of like a we play a little bit of a slower game, but I, like I like to be up there and get in front. But I'm always I'm obviously going to play to toward to the game plan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's a, our game has slowed down definitely a lot a lot versus you know four five years ago. But yeah, and it's weird because we've I feel like we've or, or at least do you think that back then when it was 15 BPS, did you think we shot more back then? No, I feel like people carry less pods back then. And we shot 15 balls a second, and I think we moved yeah. more. So it's so it's yeah, so weird. It's weird. I think maybe people are just gotten so good. Like, like you look at fields now, and you're like, oh no way, you're gonna make it to that corner maybe 25, maybe 50 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And like back then, how were you viewing people making it anywhere with 15 <laughs> I don't balls know a second? Idea. I think people just didn't really care, like focus as much on the shot. But yeah, but then funny. I was gonna say something back to like what you say about like having four or five pods you know who i think does it really well too as like a back player is malloy he never carries yeah. that much paint and he's deadly and he like he, he makes you forget about him and then it's a he's, shot, a, he's a fun player to watch too yeah yeah, yeah. and it, i i don't know i probably need to shoot more but it's just that i don't like carrying a ton of pods and i, I think yeah. having them i don't like them on my sides directly mm-hmm. i don't like them on the top of my pack in those slots just because that's another what two three inches that the, yeah. that that sticks up, and honestly, there'd be games where I go through, and I don't know if it's because I usually get if I get shot off the break or I get shot early trying to make a move or whatever. But then there'd even be points where I shoot, you know, a couple of two three guys and only yeah. go through, not even go through a loader. So it's yeah. like 
don't know. It, it's like a weird, a weird thing how I try and justify not taking out more pods. Yeah, I'm the same way. That's funny you said that about like the the side pods. I hate it because like I feel like my tank is like goes right there where the pod is, and like it just doesn't feel comfortable or like what you're used to. I mean, mm. you could do it if you have to, but like I'm the same way. I don't like the, having the side ones out like on your Mm-mm. on your hips. No. Oh, sometimes I I will dive sometimes, uh, and I think it's more or less of like an emergency dive. But there's sometimes where I will get completely on my side, like getting down mm-hmm. and sliding. Yeah. And if I have a pod there, it's just gonna jam my ribs up and it's gonna hurt like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um. So how about this one? Is there? Do you have any kind of like ritualistic kind of things that you do before you play, or do you have? a certain pair of socks that you normally wear or do you have any like circum uh, um, superstitions before you play? I always wear this. Uh, I mean, I think most people like this, but I mean, there is one headband that I usually always wear this brown uh, old, old sandana, just head wrap that I no matter always wear. And I always start like wear black beanie now for some reason, no matter how hot it is. Mm-hmm. I always have a black beanie on. Um, so those are probably the two, but besides that, I don't really have, um, too many superstitions or ritual. I, I do like something that, that Oliver brought to the team is, is kind of breathing. And, and when we're like in a, in a team huddle or like stretching, I try to like, it's gonna sound funny, but like I try to envision like, uh, like all of us connected in, in a weird way, like through energy and mm-hmm. they were like imagine like, like invisible lines basically just bringing us all together and being there as a team and gelling as a team. Because I, I, not to get off track, but like I, I think that's the biggest thing in our in our league right now. Like everyone, for the most part, can can shoot each other, even these lower teams. It's just who's making fewer mistakes right now. Mm-hmm. I think is the biggest thing. Like, if you don't make mistakes, uh, for the most time, you're going to prevail in that match. Um, so I think all being on the same page is is huge right now. Um, so I try to try to really envision that, and you know, if it's just magic, hocus pocus, whatever. <laughs> I, I I think that trying to uh, to envision us all on the same page and in some weird way connected is uh, important. No, I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about because, you know, you can – I mean, you can recall all those those matches that you've won and tournaments and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, if you, if you go back – because I can recall them too. And if you go back and, and you just – you can kind of feel it in the pit and on, on the field as well. Like, yeah. there's just – it's like a flow – Everything has this, yeah. this flow to it, and mm-hmm. I, I can be, I can be completely focused on the field and come in the pit and be completely focused, and then every you can just look at everybody on your team right in the face, and you can you have that that knowledge and that energy and that that consciousness of of a oneness. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's like yeah. everybody's just on that same page, and yeah, and it's like that's the whole. It's it's I mean you listen to a lot of Joe Rogan stuff it's like a huge um, a huge presence like in that exact time like you mm-hmm. are absolutely not thinking about anything else in your life except for that right there yeah and that's you know really invigorating I think and 
you we're striving to like constantly go back and, and get that feeling because you know we deal with a lot of sh- shitty stuff in, in life you know struggle for money or, or whatever it is but when you go and do this you're not thinking about anything else but paintball and that grind to win and that struggle yeah. um, which is you know irreplaceable like there's no there's no value on that even in like probably the same you know in like nba or nfl or anything like that same same mindset yeah. and i always like that one feeling or like when the buzzer starts to count down like the 10 seconds and mm-hmm. you're like looking on the field and you know it's even like between when the buzzer goes off between your and you're standing there it's like a different a little bit different of a mindset no matter what yeah. who you are you know, the adrenaline kicks in so there's like that one those two three seconds where it's like super kind of like surreal peaceful yeah yeah you can't it's hard to it's hard to you know explain that through words but surreal is, is good good word for that now, I, I know exactly what you're saying and you, one of the things it might this might sound weird but one of the things um and I'm, i want to go back to dynasty again too but one of the things i like about this field and and that feeling that you're talking about is the w being offset and mm-hmm. you can see the guys at the other end yeah. of the field. For yeah. some reason, to it me, cool. I feel like I'm looking right through them and right at yeah. them, and I'm just like giving off this, ooh, motherfucker, yeah. I'm, I'm coming for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny you said that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel the same. I like that as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the field here in a little bit, but uh, I, I wanted to kind of – go back to dynasty and i know you're you're talking about this aura and this oneness with the team and everything but what has or, or what does rusty glaze bring to the table and why has he been such a success for dynasty so i think i mean obviously everyone else out there knows like dynasty has some powerful like you would say just i guess legends like on the team those between now, which is three, the super, super high paintball IQ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rusty, Rusty realizes that even through, like, some of the younger guys, you know. So he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say this is how it's going to be, do it. He really takes in everyone's opinion, especially, like, the, the older guys on the team. And he's able to mold that into uh, – you know what he thinks is is going to be the best game plan through verifying it kind of with us, but then to the next level is he he brings in that coaching aspect that you always see like it's kind of like a, a a movie. You know he brings in that, the motivational side and he's constantly finding like ways to motivate us completely right. to be together, not just individually, but you know why we're doing this and who we're doing it for and. Uh, really really pushing us as you know that it's we're doing this out here not for for any money value basically like you're doing it for for this pride and for each other and uh, you might you might we might not have this this chance tomorrow Mm -hmm. and we'll go out there like not only win but you're doing this for fun and cherish it and make these moments memorable which is a big thing. And then he also, a big thing that he does is he gives, you know, I, I think it helps us and, and sometimes can hurt us, but overall helps us is we play 
for the most part, we play all of our all of our guys. We yeah. usually do two two lines, and even sometimes if if people aren't playing so hot, you know, he he's always there giving the guys opportunity, and I think that helps in longevity of the team. He always says that too. He wants longevity. He doesn't want you know five or six guys getting way better and then leaving like the other three guys behind in the pack. Right, right. Um, which you know will hurt you. Uh, sometimes you know you might lose a couple of points because those guys were playing hot. But you know when it when it's like firing, it really is firing. So yeah, it's just kind of mixing mixing the two. And I think he has a, a pretty open mind about things, and he's not super harsh, and he's not like someone that's like this is how it's gonna be. Uh, I don't care what you say. Like he he listens to everyone, and he he's a you know there to there to help for not just himself but for the whole team so. yeah yeah no i i agree and i think i think his level of mellowness but constructive criticism yeah and 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 it's, it's a silent leadership you know yeah. i well i i you know i don't want to say what it is because it's coming from a third person perspective yeah. or from an outsider's perspective but to me he has this like i said this silent leadership feel to him yeah to where you know you can look at him and he can look at you and you can know exactly if you did something wrong or if you didn't and then he can look at you and go you know just do yeah, it right like do he, it right next time which i think you need to have with dynasty because yeah. i don't think that that type of coaching style works well if you're if you're coaching like a, a boom or a rev or something those guys need direction from a experienced player like they need like go here, do this. You have this skill. You have this skill. Like yeah, listen. He gives some freedom where freedom is like is due. And I think with when you have these uh, more experienced teams, that's kind of probably how you need to how you need to be a little bit because those maybe any one of those players can could be could act as a coach as well. So I think it's it's a mix of the two, and you don't have to be necessarily as directive, but mm-hmm. just like you're saying, you know, they have to be able to. Uh, have that sense of calmness and like you know you fucked up like yeah correct it yeah kind of yeah and you and you don't need him to tell you because yeah you know he and at at this level you know when you fucked up and you know that it's your responsibility to correct whatever you did wrong Mm -hmm. so and and with how many pros and and successful players that you guys have on your team you know obviously everybody knows that and Mm -hmm. uh, and adjust accordingly yeah um so let's talk about uh, now since AC is approaching, we have this uh, weekend coming up for practice, and then uh, and then we're shipping off the following weekend for the event. So we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the field, um, mm-hmm. which is not is it's non traditional. It's got the the yeah. W's offset, the snake. There's a bunch of bunkers thrown over there, but in a way you can actually play it. And the Doritos are in a nice straight line which makes it on one hand makes it extremely i don't want to say easy but more um uh, what's the word i'm looking for it accessible maybe to get to the 50 um but uh but on the other hand easily picked off if you're not paying attention on the snake side yeah uh what uh you know i don't want to ask about too much of where you're going to be playing or or, you know give away too many things of what you guys are trying to do but uh everybody's doing the same damn thing anyway but yeah. where can we see you playing on this field, or where do you like um, playing on this field? 
you'll probably see me in the snake or as like a maybe sometimes as a, as the snake insert as mm-hmm. a secondary guy over there. But I'll be I'll be over there still uh, per per the usual. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's interesting because I I thought this field was gonna be super fast when I first saw it on paper, especially like the Dorito side. I mean the the wall is offset, but it's not offset too much that it's not. I mean that thing is so big, it's like still takes up the whole middle. <laughs> you can still go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then there's like all those like those middle bunkers. So I think it's gonna be really interesting, and I think it's gonna be one of those fields that. Uh, like when you get to those Sunday matches, you're gonna see people are obviously po- will start to get in that like both teams are playing like the same breakout. Mm-hmm. But there's these, there's like these little different intricate bunkers that I think you'll see people like those are what's gonna open the open the game is like getting to those little spots or like randomly going to like you know these like the little Dorito on the snake side and yeah. throwing stuff in there that's kind of unorthodox. I think that like. It'll be interesting, and I think the game. I think the like the pace is going to change a lot in the at the event. We'll see because the field can field will play fast and the field will play slow too. Obviously, I mean it always slows down a little bit, but yeah. With those middle bunkers too, there's a lot of opportunity up there to to make you know breakthrough points and stuff like that. What do you think is going to be like the 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 heavy? side like the, the three-man side is it going to be more towards the snake or do you think it's gonna be more towards the Doritos or flip-flop I think it'll flip-flop I mean obviously I think you'll see teams like x-factor a lot doing like a heavy three the snake side running all over the place but uh, <laughs> um, the Doritos side to me seems seems pretty powerful um, if you play that side smart you know you'll get a lot of penetration over there mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's gonna It'll probably flip flop. I mean, like I said, I, I think this field is going to play. There's a lot of options, and I think you're going to see lots of different teams exploiting it. It's going to be, you know, because it's always like everyone finds like their niche of game plan, and then they get to the event, and they're like, wait, like, Heat's, <laughs> Heat's doing this, and they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Our game plan is not going to work against them. We have to like adapt to their game plan. So I think you'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, a lot of like interesting first prelim matches and then the teams that are able to like dial in the way the field's going to play the quickest are going to be the teams that prevail the most because you know i think there's a lot of stuff going on right now in practice that you know see when it gets to the event which is really what's really going to work yeah yeah i think i think what going along with the uh, the m500 or whatever they hopefully change it to but i think what would be cool and I'm referring to this field because of how different it is, uh, like not releasing the uh, the layouts until like Thursday or something, I think would be really yeah. interesting, especially with a field like yeah. this. Oh, yeah, it would be, be crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see, too, if, they'll take, if they're going to keep the wall for next year, take it away. It's definitely made our jobs a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I haven't really heard anything. I'm not... I'm, I'm not on like PB Nation, like going through forums or anything like that. So anything I usually hear, I hear from the guy I work with. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he he's always like looking up all. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And he's like, no, I just heard it now because you're my informant on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I was uh, yeah, I think it's definitely. I mean, I think the wall, big part, has made it a little bit harder for this. I mean, just front guys in general. Mm-hmm. 
because it's a, you can't see that's just a whole other factor you have to worry about. I mean, you don't see too many. There are breakthroughs uh, as a front guys, but not as frequent as it used to be. Yeah, another like, another thing to listen for, and another head check that you got to look yeah. out for. Yeah, I mean those those really good wall players, like you know, you have like your Tyler's, A Rods, Nicola Walls, like LJ. There, you have like a a higher percentage of surviving off the break, possibly getting a kill, getting getting another kill if someone trades with you, and then you have that open like breakthrough if it's like a five on three or obviously so you know i I think that 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 player that's playing it well has a good advantage up there all right so those damn stats dude those stats i think that if you're a front player and you go to a corner or you go to a snake or you go somewhere where a back player in the middle of the field shooting their gun and you make it to that spot i feel like you should get a fucking (laughs) a point or something (laughs) dude i agree yeah we are taking so much more of a risk going there than the guy in the back center and if we shoot them we never get the credit for shooting the guys off the like running and shooting shooting the guys in the center it's always somebody else three kills for that (laughs) something yeah something yeah that's so funny because yeah we're talking about that too it's, it's those guys going to the wall it's really i mean i'm not hating on it and i i like i always say this too because everyone's like hating on the stats too sometimes like it's not it's not uh fair it's not like really uh what's the word i'm looking for accurate like that ac- accurate yeah. yeah it's not that accurate but like like we it's better than nothing you know oh yeah we have, we yeah. have it which i'm appreciative that we that we even have what we have you know and as we slowly get better you know us complaining about it just makes it i'm just sour because my stats suck yeah yeah <laughs> mine my stats are, but it was funny because that the last layout you know like a lot of people were just going to that little race that first bunker on the snake side and yeah. the snake side was playing pretty slow and i remember we we had like a really good day friday and we we're like having a meeting i was like i didn't shoot anyone the first day <laughs> they're like what it's like you know i didn't i was just doing like my job and yeah, I didn't. I didn't shoot anyone. And they're like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, no, I swear, I really didn't shoot anyone. Check the stats, bro. Yeah, but I ended up having like somewhat. So I don't know where. Maybe I got a little love from the stats guys or something. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, where can uh, where can everybody find you on uh, on social media? On social media uh, for Instagram, it's Kyle Gosling, a little little nickname there, and then uh, <laughs> Facebook as well, Kyle Spica. Um, and then Twitter as well as just uh, K-Spica. But, cool, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down and, and, and chatting with me. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Thank yeah, you for your time. Yeah, I'm glad that having, having you on. I, was, uh, I like what you're doing and like the, the path that you're, you're going down here, and I think it's good for the sport. So. Thank you very much. It means a lot, and I, you know, um, a lot of the guys that I'm picking out, I feel like they have stories uh, to be told, and it's you know, it's super interesting stories that not only myself would love to hear, but as well as you know everybody out there. And I think with the technology that we have, what better yeah. way to do it? Because otherwise, no you would hear it through other you know only if we knew other pros and heard the stories, you wouldn't really hear yeah. anything. So because most of the even like for the kids out here listening that are like they're watching at home, watching the webcast, you know, you just you see a lot of just people with. Uh, their mask on like you don't know the the personalities behind it and I feel like doing stuff like this and giving more content of players background you know creates more of a a connection to the players and and creates more of like you know of an audience and uh, and more drive to come to these events and more drive to 
you know, uh, have like a connection to actually more paintball and be more involved. Well, I think it makes when you're watching somebody too, like they watch this and they kind of hear your story and then they watch you on the webcast and it makes it a little bit more personal. Yeah. You you go, I I know that guy a little bit more because of, because of this and you know, maybe it kind of, you know, gains a little bit of a a fan base. Not that you don't have one already, but it's more or less just like, you know, you kind of had that connection with that guy. Yeah. And it kind of resonates and then people, I feel like maybe more, you know, have that that need to like get better at paintball and, mm-hmm. and be more involved in paintball and know that, you know, we're the same as everyone else out here. Like there's nothing special to us. It's just, we, we, we all started on the ground level. Commitment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's not, nothing special about us. We're just same. We're all humans here. So yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you again, man. Uh, hope you have a, a great practice this weekend and good luck. And I hope we play you guys, uh, eventually in AC because I always love playing you guys. Yeah, thank you. You too. I'll see you soon. All right, bud. Take care. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Anytime. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Make sure you check Kyle Gosling out um, on social media and uh, follow that guy wherever he goes around. He has an interesting story, life, everything. Uh, Thank you so much, Kyle, for sitting down. It was a great time, man. And uh, another quick thank you to our sponsors, Dr. Paintball. Uh, make sure that you check them out, drpaintball.com. They have all kinds of crazy financing over at uh, drpaintball.com. Also to Planet Eclipse, the CS 1.5 manufacturers of one of the best paintball guns around. Also the LVR. That's my hot ticket, man. That's where it's at. They're also in the works with a, a G-Mech, a mechanical toy. Ooh, it's going to be cool. Um, Carbon Paintball, uh, you can get 10% off with capital TPOP, base layer, it's very sweet, check it out, uh, MidwestClothing.com, uh, MidwestClothingLLC.com for uh, for all kinds of headgear and custom gear, again, capital TPOP for a promo code, and you will get 20% off your entire order, and thank you to Vantrition, where you can uh, go to Vantrition.com and get 15% off with capital TPOP. Uh, but make sure you check out all their supplements and their proteins and all their little goodie bag. Even if you don't play paintball, they have like football supplements, they have baseball supplements. Check it all out at vantrition.com. Thank you everybody for joining me. We got through another one. That's awesome. I have uh, I have another one in the works for next week and the week after that. I know they're kind of spaced out, but um, I've been super busy lately, not only with uh, with this. But I've been helping Carbon out, and I'm trying to do this video vlog thing, and then real life, and you know, and, and the tournament, um, the NXL AC, uh, Atlant- yeah, AC Atlantic City Open is like right on the corner. It's like literally next week. So we have one more practice this weekend, and then, uh, and then we hit the road. I think I'll be there on Thursday because I don't get that many days off work because I have a nine to five. And trying to play paintball is tough. <laughs> uh, but thank you to everyone listening. Thank you so much. You guys have been so supportive through this whole thing. And, you know, it, it would be really hard um, to do this without uh, without all you guys listening and giving me good feedback. So thank you so much. And uh, make sure you go on to all of the social media. Uh, you can find me at Kizzle on Instagram. Um as well as the Playing On Podcast. Same thing with Facebook, Carl Markowitz Markowski, and the uh, the Playing On Podcast 
on Facebook as well. If you guys have any questions or have any suggestions for guests, please go on to those platforms and shoot me a message or uh, or a link or something. Just talk to me. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on. Let me know what's happening. And, uh, and we will definitely work something out for sure uh, because, you know, I want to bring you guys Sweet Beans content. So thank you, everyone, again for listening. And we will see you here next time on the Playing On Podcast. See ya!